Welcome to Odds Bodkin's Curiosity Shop, where you'll find the unique, the bizarre, and sometimes the haunted. Feel free to look around, peruse the items, and never fear. There's nothing here that bites. Hard, anyway. <laughs> ah, hello there. It delights me to see you return once again to Odds Bodkin's Curiosity Shop. I am your shopkeeper, Chris Baker, and today we've got quite an interesting little trinket. If you indulge me and come over here to the display case as I get this out here, and it is, uh, well, it may look like a standard watch, uh, a sports watch, if you will. It's black in color, uh, but if you look closely, this is no ordinary watch because if you look at the time and the date on this watch, uh, one minute, you'll seem like you're in the present. Uh, the next minute, you'll see that the watch has changed to sometime in the past. And then another minute will go by. You'll look and see the watch has changed to a time and date in the future. Yes, a very peculiar watch indeed, but a watch that has gone through some things, not unlike the things we've seen in a new Netflix movie. So let's pull out the kinetoscope and take a look at the new Netflix film, The Atom Project. Now, The Atom Project premiered this past Friday on Netflix, and it was one of those movies that I had seen previews for over the past year or so and have been really excited to check it out because, one, it's from director Sean Levy, who, if you got to see the movie Free Guy uh, back in 2021 with Ryan Reynolds, uh, they teamed up for that, and they're teaming up again for this project. And I enjoyed what they did with Free Guy so much that I was really excited to see that they were they were doing this movie together and we'll kind of talk about it a little later but there's even some references uh, light references and Easter eggs from Free Guy to The Atom Project. So uh, we'll talk about that, like I said, but really interested to see uh, how they were going to do this movie, given that I enjoyed Free Guy so much. And right off the bat, if you've watched Free Guy and you've watched The Atom Project, you know, but if you haven't, two totally different movies. I mean, Ryan Reynolds always does a spectacular job playing that kind of fine line between uh, action hero and dramatic actor and comedic actor. And he really, you get to see all of those things in, especially this movie, maybe not so much Free Guy. You get the comedy, you get the action, you can get so much of the drama, but you got to see a little more of the drama in this out of Ryan Reynolds. But we're going to talk about this movie and I'm not going to go into any deep spoilers, be forewarned, you're probably going to get some, some light spoilers in this. I'm going to talk about the basic plot. I'm probably going to focus more on the characters and the actors who portrayed these characters. And like I said, just a, a loose overview of the plot. This is a fairly straightforward movie. It's not got a lot of moving pieces. It's not terribly complex in the story. Even dealing with time travel, which this movie is, is essentially a time travel movie. 
uh, they don't really get into the quantum physics of it all. And you don't get all the nuts and bolts and the weather twos and the Y fours of how time travel affects this, that, and the other thing. They loosely touch on that, but they don't bog this movie down because I think uh, a lot of time travel movies get crushed under their own weight because they spend so much time trying to figure everything out to make sure the science is as accurate as possible uh, or plausible as possible that they just, like I said, it just becomes too much. And I like with this, they say, you know, they put this out here, time travel's possible. The kid in this even raises the questions about, well, if you go back in time, you're going to change the future. How does all that work? Does it splinter off into a multiverse? And Ryan Reynolds cuts them off real quick because, of course, Marvel is doing the whole multiverse thing. Even DC, uh, especially in the Flash TV series, really diving into the multiverse stuff. But, uh, but they don't even bother trying to delve in to that and i i'm fine with that this is a science fiction movie it's about time travel uh, time travel is not real newsflash folks uh, and if it is uh possible it's not been discovered yet so anything we say is all theoretical to begin with so just relax if if this sort of stuff bothers you just relax it's a work of fiction and we have no tangible evidence to say this is how it would work or this is not how it would work to begin with so if if this sort of thing really grinds your gears or get your titties all twisted then you're probably not going to like this movie <laughs> i'm just throwing it out there but if you realize that this is a science fiction film and that you know just sit back and enjoy the ride then then you're going to be fine with this and i was fine with it because i don't need all the nuts and bolts and all the schematics of how time travel works in reality when it's not a real thing and this movie really doesn't spend a lot of time it doesn't waste a lot of time because this movie is a, a pretty fast moving flick clocks in about an hour 46 minutes uh, but it really moves fast because, like I said, they don't allow this movie to be crushed under the weight of its own uh, explanations. And and I appreciated that, and I think that's probably one of the reasons why I enjoyed this. They spend a couple exposition scenes kind of talking about time travel and, you know, how it might work. But there again, in, in that reality, it, it's all still theory as well. And they're not even really sure how it's going to work out. So I didn't mind that, you know, they didn't have all the science of it figured out and they didn't weigh the movie down with an explanation of the science. Uh, they just allowed this to be a fun time travel movie. And that was it. And that's, and that's what you got. If you saw any of the trailers, there again, I've talked a lot about the Bill of Sales. And the Bill of Sales said this was going to be a fun Ryan Reynolds uh, making smart-ass remarks, uh, science fiction time travel movie. And that's what you got. Exactly what you got. But we start out in this dystopian future of 2050. And time travel is, is a thing, but it hasn't really helped society. And we find that Ryan Reynolds is this uh, fighter pilot or, or a pilot of some sort. And he's essentially commandeered this uh, this ship. It almost looks like one of those Raptor fighter planes, but equipped with uh, time travel technology. And he's looking to go back to 2018 for some reason. 
and ends up kind of miscalculating and ends up crash landing in 2022 in present day where and this isn't a huge spoiler because it talks about this in the explanation for the movie on netflix Uh, i believe they even talked about it in the trailers a little bit but this guy adam reed crash lands and meets his 12 year old self and we find out that uh, Adam Reed, uh, adult Adam Reed, Ryan Reynolds' Adam Reed, is trying to go back to 2018 to save his wife because his wife went on a mission to go back in time to 2018 and she disappeared and is thought to be dead. And that's a basic plot of the movie. Now, as I said, Adam Reed is played, the adult Adam Reed is played by Ryan Reynolds and he is everything you expect a Ryan Reynolds character to be. He's smart. He's a smart ass, uh, always making wisecracks and never really takes things too serious. But the one of the things I liked about uh, him in this, because he does, he can play that action hero. Uh, he can play the humor, but he can also play drama. And the relationship between this Adam Reed character, both as an adult and as a kid, has a very interesting relationship with the father and mother. In 2022, the father has been dead for over a year. Young Adam is dealing with this death, and he's not dealing with it well. You see the early beginnings of that smart-ass attitude and that always cracking jokes and and not being very nice that uh, the adult Adam Reed grew up to be that we see in Ryan Reynolds' portrayal of the character. We also see that there was a strained relationship with the mother because uh, young Adam Reed took a lot of his hurt feelings of his father dying. He took that out on his mother. And, And we see that remorse in adult Adam Reed, played by Ryan Reynolds. So it's it's really a, an interesting take because it it shows how grief can affect someone from a young age and to an older age, and how sometimes we remember things differently as adults. We we forget the good times and remember the bad times more as an adult. And we'll kind of get into that in a little bit. But there's a scene at the end of this movie, or towards the end of this movie, where Ryan Reynolds, his Adam Reed, only remembers the bad thing, only remembers his dad not being there all the time. And young Adam Reed, who we'll we'll get into the actor who plays him here in a second, but young Adam Reed reminds him, hey, you know, he wasn't always gone. No matter how tired he was, every time he came home from work, he would play catch with me. Didn't matter how tired he was, didn't matter how long or bad a day, he'd always take time. And and that's the thing that the the older uh, version of Adam Reed didn't remember. He he blocked that out because he was so angry at his father for not being there when he was alive and never had a chance to redeem that after he, he died. And it took younger Adam Reed to remember that, yeah, there were good times too. Yeah, maybe he wasn't always there. Maybe he wasn't always the best father, but he he loved him and he was always there for him. So that was a really interesting take. There's a, a lot of cool interaction with the mother. Older Adam Reed gets to talk to his mother about how much younger Adam Reed is just taking it out on her because he's hurting and that she needs to tell him that it's okay to let him know that she's not okay. 
uh, that she's, you know, she's trying to be strong for her son, for her young 12-year-old son. And it's coming across to the 12-year-old son that she doesn't care that her husband and his father is, is dead. And an older Adam Reed kind of talks to her, uh, unbeknownst to her that it's the older version of her son. But he, you know, can tells her that, you know, it's okay to let your hurt show and to let Adam, let the younger version of himself see that uh, she is hurting. And that this is affecting her just as much as it's affecting him. Which I thought, you know, like I said, uh, this is an action science fiction time travel movie. But this is one of the things that gave this movie a lot of heart is the fact that it had this complex relationship between uh, both versions of Adam Reed, the, you know, the older version and the the 12 year old version. Both of them had complex relationships with the mother and father in their life. And we got to see the complex relationships at the different stages of his life as an adult and as a 12-year-old kid. And while this movie is fairly straightforward in its story, it's fairly straightforward in its execution. It's not a complicated story. Uh, Time travel is not made complicated in this, thank God. This is what gives this story a little more complexity and a little more nuance and uh, brings another facet to this movie that I quite enjoyed because it like it like I said it gave it a lot of heart seeing the interaction between Ryan Reynolds version of Adam Reed and Walker Scoble's uh, young Adam Reed and then the parents and speaking of Walker Scoble he is the young man who plays uh, young Adam Reed 12 years old uh, he's got asthma. He's always sucking on an inhaler. Uh, he's bullied. And he he's, he even talks about being uh, small for his age. And it's funny when the two meet, when young Adam Reed meets older, uh, middle-aged Adam Reed. <laughs> talking about when when did all this happen? Because Ryan Reynolds is a, you know, he's a, he's a fit guy. He's got, you know, he's got some guns. And, and they even make fun of that uh, where Walker Scoble is asking him when this happened and asked about uh, do they miss leg day in the future. Uh, it, it cracked me up. It was, it was some fun interaction between the these two, but Walker Scoble looked, I mean, I didn't read the synopsis, so I didn't realize this was Ryan Reynolds meeting his 12-year-old self. My wife did because she pays a little more attention to detail sometimes than I do, but I didn't realize it was he was supposed to be a younger version of Ryan Reynolds, and first thing I saw, I'm like, Jesus, this kid could play a younger version of Ryan Reynolds. Uh, that's what I get for not really paying attention to the synopsis on the opening page of this movie on Netflix but he just he looked the part he had the mannerisms down of Ryan Reynolds he could he could play that quick wit smart ass the kid that just can't keep his mouth shut to save his life that you could imagine a young Ryan Reynolds being whether he was like that or not this kid played what you would imagine Ryan Reynolds was like at 12 years old and I, I saw a really cool video that Ryan Reynolds posted it was a it was a scene they were in between takes it was a scene where they're in a truck and uh, Walker Scoble's in the back seat and Ryan Reynolds is in the front passenger seat and Ryan Reynolds is recording this with his phone. Apparently Walker Scoble memorized Deadpool 2 back when he was like 11 years old. 
Walker Scoble is sitting there, like reciting this movie line for line, and like the big long uh, monologue Ryan Reynolds has at the beginning of Deadpool two, <laughs> talking about Wolverine dying and all that. He's like spouting this out word for word, and it's it's hilarious because, like I said, this kid just felt. It felt right. It felt like he was a younger version of Ryan Reynolds in this movie. And and I thought he handled... Uh, I, I am not really familiar with any of his work other than this. I, I don't know if he's he's done anything uh, before this. I would have to imagine because the kid did a really good job. And like I said, a very good job uh, playing a younger version of Ryan Reynolds as this Adam Reed character. So I, I thought he was fantastic and him and Ryan Reynolds together, uh, just playing off of each other. Just, they had a, a natural chemistry I felt and made this movie so enjoyable because some of the, some of the scenes at the beginning where Ryan Reynolds introduces himself as the older version of Adam Reed and this kid's just got nothing but questions about the future and and what you know if he gets laid in the future and and it's it just really uh, made for such a fun and entertaining movie my wife and I uh, we enjoyed Free Guy and we laughed a lot during Free Guy but this movie had so many more laughs in it than Free Guy that it was just very enjoyable to watch these two on the screen. Now, some of the other characters that we get introduced to, of course, Jennifer Garner plays Adam's mother, Ellie Reed, and she doesn't she's not in the movie a ton, but in the scenes you do see her in in this movie, she plays the mother really well. She feels like that mother that uh, she lost her husband, and she's just trying to stay strong, and she's just trying to keep it together for her son, and she's starting to crack. She's starting to crack under the weight of paying bills when her husband never kept anything, records online. It was always uh, paper bills and a big binder. Uh, she's cracking under that. She's cracking because her son just will not cut her a break. And he's just all the time making smart-ass remarks and treating her like garbage. And she goes out on a date and he acts like a dick towards this this guy that she went out on a date with. And she just she played that mom that is trying to be too strong and cracking under the weight of that. Uh, so I really enjoyed Jennifer Garner in this. Uh, Mark Ruffalo plays the father who passed away, Lewis Reed, who... Uh, he's a quantum physicist. He is pretty much responsible for time travel in the future. And we do get a scene where they do actually go back to 2018 and talk with him. And, and he's actually part uh, a good part of the um, story for, for a little while, probably in the second act. And Mark Ruffalo, I, I always enjoy him. He's got such a great everyman feel to him. Uh, he's got really good comedic timing uh, without really being a comedic actor. And I, I thought he did a great job. He did a great job in playing the scenes with both old Adam and young Adam and playing against the, the different stages these two Adam characters are in with 
how they feel about him. Of course, older Adam is very resentful towards him. Younger Adam, uh, you know, he's just glad to have his dad back. And I thought Mark Ruffalo played a, uh, a good job in in playing uh, against both of those characters and, and their feeling towards this Lewis Reed uh, character, which uh, I, like I said, Mark Ruffalo, uh, fantastic job. I thought they did a really good job casting the parents in this movie. Uh, the only real weak link in the cast that I felt, uh, Catherine Keener plays uh, Maya Sorian. She is a businesswoman. Uh, she went into business with Lewis Reed, Adam's father, uh, to market time travel and the machine that made this all possible. And she is kind of the greedy corporate type. Um, it's not that she did a bad job with this character. I mean, she's a fine actor. I just didn't feel the menace with her that I kind of hoped we would get. Uh, I mean, she felt like an unscrupulous business person who at the very end would do anything to to keep her money. But I, I never really sensed any menace from her. She didn't feel like a bad guy. She didn't feel like a villain. I don't know whether that's a good thing or a bad thing. Maybe, maybe I'm wrong for not seeing her as the villain. But just uh, I, I wanted a little more menace out of the villain in this than, than she provided but that's not a critique of her acting job i just didn't know i don't know as if she was the right actress for this role but there again uh it wasn't bad enough that it took me out of the movie by any stretch because everyone else was pretty spot on and one of the characters i didn't realize she was in this and when she showed up i asked my wife i said who who is that she's like that's zoe saldana i thought oh I'm used to her being green in Guardians of the Galaxy. I almost didn't recognize her, but uh, but Zoe Saldana plays uh, Laura, uh, the wife of Adam who went missing by going back in time to 2018. She survived that and and actually shows up in 2022 uh, because she she was stuck in 2018 and just laid low, lived her life uh, kind of off the grid. And and gets meets back up with uh, both versions of Adam, and they make a joke about uh, you always said you wish you knew me when I was younger. But uh, she did a, a fantastic job, and I, and I liked the chemistry for what little time we got to see Ryan Reynolds and Zoe Saldana on the on the screen. Uh, I, I did like their chemistry. Uh, they felt like a couple that had been separated by years and you felt that release of finding your wife after all these years. You felt that reuniting of the two. My only regret is that we didn't get to see more of those two actors on the screen together because uh, it was really quite enjoyable to, to see them uh, when they did uh, share some screen time. But like I said, uh, the, the cast I thought was really good in this. And it was a very simple story, simply told, but told effectively because you had a lot of action in this. I mean, from the time the whole thing starts, uh, the chase scene where Ryan Reynolds' Adam Reed jumps back in time, you get a little downtime when he meets uh, his younger self because, like I said, there's a lot of exposition that needs to be told, but they did it in such a fun and funny way. Like I said, Ryan Reynolds is hilarious, and 
Walker Scoble is, is just as hilarious. And, and those two bouncing back and forth off of each other just made any exposition scenes so much fun that, that I didn't mind it. I didn't mind I was just getting a bunch of exposition lines because one, they were written well. It felt like a natural conversation. And those two uh, cracking wise the whole time it just it made it very enjoyable. But after that, just the whole time travel caper, jumping back to 2018, trying to stop what creates the dystopian future in 2050, the plan to to make it all happen was all very straightforward, but you didn't need a lot of twists and turns and complication because, like I said, uh, things that get too complicated, especially when you're talking about time travel, uh, can become very heavy and like I said it can weigh a movie down and sometimes even crush it so it was all fairly straightforward and and this is a movie that really you didn't need it to have a complex ending you didn't need to have like a nihilistic ending you wanted a happy ending out of this and you got that uh, because uh, the way time travel is set up in this uh, once things are resolved, almost like everything goes back to normal, but slightly different. There's a big question as to uh, how things are going to play out, uh, whether two people are going to actually meet, and and you find that they do, and it's it's a fun, it's happy, it's a happy ending, and I can't complain about that because that's that's what this movie needed. This was a fun movie. I, I really likened this movie to, it kind of had a flight of the navigator feel to it in, in some regards. I, I don't know why I'm drawing that parallel, but just as it's whole starting and I just, I just had that feeling. It's got kind of not even so much the feel of the movie, but it was that feeling that I got uh, watching that movie. Uh, you know, I've seen it several times since I was a kid, but especially when I first watched that when I was a little kid, it, it had that feel to it that this was going to be a fun movie. This is going to be a happy movie. This is going to be a movie that has a happy ending. And sometimes you need that. And I have to say, probably one of my most enjoyable moments in this movie uh, Ryan Reynolds has this bag full of gadgets from the future uh, drone some other things and there's this like little short like almost looks like a handle for something and young Adam keeps calling it a lightsaber and he's like it's not a lightsaber uh, so uh, when it comes time for Maya and her her kind of henchmen to come attack both of the atoms, Ryan Reynolds pulls out this thing and it's like a uh, almost like a telescoping electro staff that kind of does the Darth Maul thing where it comes out of each end. But then he can also make it so it just comes out of the one side of this handle. Of course, the kid, every time he sees this thing, calls it a lightsaber. Ryan Reynolds keeps insisting it's not a lightsaber. And then when he finally uses it and the ends pop out of the staff, uh, the kid, uh, Walker Scoble, is like, that's a lightsaber. <laughs> it's funny because uh, if you watched Free Guy... Ryan Reynolds actually got to use a lightsaber. There's a, a scene where he's fighting the bigger musclehead version of himself. And he pulls out. He's got the Captain American shield and a Hulk hand. And you hear the Avengers theme. And then all of a sudden he pulls out a lightsaber and the Star Wars theme plays. Of course, they could do that in 
Free Guy because that was a Fox movie uh, before Disney bought Fox. And then once Disney bought Fox, then all the rights were at their fingertips to use and they could use all that IP from Avengers and Marvel and Star Wars. This movie, not so much. Now, I was reading an interview where Sean Levy was talking about how uh, they wanted to have that lightsaber scene, but they couldn't do a traditional lightsaber uh, like they did in Free Guy because they, you know, that's a, a different, uh, that's an IP, and they didn't want to get sued by anybody. Uh, so they they made it lightsaber esque, but not a lightsaber in the traditional way. But it was still fun that they could make a joke about it being a lightsaber and essentially two consecutive movies where Ryan Reynolds gets to wield some sort of lightsaber device. Maybe, just maybe, we can keep our fingers crossed. Deadpool 3, but we can get some sort of lightsaber in uh, Deadpool's hand at some point. So I really enjoyed this movie. It had a great look. It had a great feel. The special effects were were fantastic. Uh, I, I really enjoyed it. Uh, it could have been a much different movie because this, like the first spec script were written back in 2012. Uh, the movie was originally called Our Name is Adam. Uh, Paramount was going to release it. It was going to start Tom Cruise, <laughs> which... Uh, Tom Cruise in this movie would have made this a totally different movie and not near as fun or funny, I don't think. Just think Mission Impossible with a, a lightsaber type weapon. That's how I feel in my mind it would go down. So I, I'm so glad uh, 2020, they moved to Netflix. Sean Levy was uh, attached to it and, and Ryan Reynolds was set to star and Really, I think these two, it was a great collaboration. Uh, I enjoyed their collaboration in Free Guy last year. Uh, I really enjoyed this. I would like to see Sean Levy and Ryan Reynolds. I don't want it to be a thing where like only person Sean Levy ever works with is Ryan Reynolds or, or vice versa. But, uh, but I would like to see them do more stuff down the road uh, from time to time because I really enjoyed... I enjoyed the type of movies Sean Levy is putting out, and I think Ryan Reynolds is that kind of actor that can make, make he makes fun movies. He makes movies that you can laugh at and enjoy the action and enjoy the fun and enjoy the experience uh, without things being too heavy. So I, I really, that's probably one of the reasons I enjoyed this movie so much. And who knows, there's always a possibility of a sequel to this they didn't set it up for a sequel there's no ps scenes the end of the movie didn't leave you hanging with any sort of question mark the end nothing like that but you know a movie does well they'll find reasons to get a sequel pumped out so is it possible we could see a sequel to the adam project uh it's possible i, I don't think it needs one i would watch it if they did one but if they didn't i'm, I'm fine with the movie being what it is and just its own thing and its own standalone thing, uh, I'd be fine with that. But you never say never. So I encourage you, check it out. If you love science fiction, if you love time travel movies, which I'm always a sucker for a time travel movie, and if you like movies that are fun and funny and movies that you can just sit down and enjoy it, and, and enjoy it with someone you love. Like I got to sit down and enjoy it with my wife. And we both laughed so much at this. Uh, because it was just. It was a fun and funny movie. Uh, you're going to love this. If you get 
too bogged down in the minutia of time travel and how it would actually work, uh, you're probably just going to drive yourself nuts watching this because this isn't that type of movie. Uh, this isn't the type of movie to get to anything remotely accurate to how time travel would work. But if you want to have a good time, uh, this is the movie for you. So check it out. Uh, the Adam Project on Netflix right now. Well, thank everyone for tuning in. Uh, we've got another episode coming up on Thursday. Now, we don't have any big releases for me to talk about, so I actually get to do something that I really intended to do on this podcast. You know, I intended to do reviews of various movies and different TV series and things like that, which I've done a lot of, but I also intended to do some kind of one-off episodes. We did a little bit of this in October with with some of my Halloween-centric episodes, but I want to take some episodes to just talk about some of my favorite films in certain categories and and things of that nature. And I've been doing and watching a lot of sci-fi stuff lately. I've uh, been watching Raised by Wolves. Can't wait to talk about that when Season 2 wraps up. Uh, some other sci-fi things on the side. So science fiction, uh, I'm always a big fan of that. And I don't know why I've got it in my head. Uh, I've just been thinking of some of my favorite scary alien movies, like alien abduction slash visitation movies. Uh, So we're going to do an episode on that. Some of my favorite horror-centric alien science fiction movies. Some of the alien abduction slash visitation movies that have scared me the most. Uh, So we're going to talk about that coming up on Thursday's episode, so I'll be listening for that as well. And check it all out. Everything that's going on with Odds Bodkin's Curiosity Shop on Facebook. Uh, We're always posting trailers from some of the latest things coming out of course they just put a teaser out for the umbrella academy season three so you can check that out there as well as uh scouring the internet for articles from various sources Uh, i like to share them so you can stay on top of everything that's going on in the world of horror fantasy and sci-fi and no matter where you listen to this podcast thank you for listening please download it share it subscribe to it Leave a review. Five stars would be awesome. Whatever review you leave us, we certainly do appreciate it. So thanks for listening, and until next time. Thank you for visiting Odds Bodkin's Curiosity Shop. We hope that you found something to your liking and visit the shop again soon. But even though you may come back, you never really get to leave Odds Bodkin's Curiosity Shop. Ha 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 ha.